Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content. I'm Nikesh Raghani, host, commentator and broadcaster for the BBC and SEN. And Sara Waris, my co-host as always, of Wisden. Hi, Sara. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Been a good day with Shami. It has. Doing decent. All of yours a little bit lesser, I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. So that will definitely be one of the things we talk about. And obviously, big week for us here. The T20 World Cup has officially kicked off with the preliminary stage. And then uh, the Super 12s obviously kick off uh, next weekend. India versus Pakistan, of course, on Sunday. So this is going to be the first part of uh, several episodes this week, just building up to India's first game at the tournament and looking ahead to the T20 World Cup. So uh, as you mentioned, Sara, today we'll be talking about Shami, his selection into the side, first and foremost, into the squad, the 15-member squad. Uh, since the last time we spoke, that has become official. He's not only been in the squad, he's played, he's bowled and over, he's bowled at the death, he's looked good. Uh, so we'll be discussing all of that and, and the merits of selecting Mohamed Shami into the side. And uh, also since we last spoke as well, the Indian women's side were successful, as we kind of knew they would be, in uh, winning that Asia Cup, their seventh Asia Cup title, their first without Mithali Raj and Julan Goswami for this uh, new young side. So we'll be discussing that in a lot more detail as well here on India on 99.94. So let's kick off then with Mohamed Shami. Um, so no surprises then. Right, no surprise from me. I don't think there's any surprise from you that it was official. He was named in that 15-member squad. Um, Deepak Jahir had to pull out as well. So Shadul Tucker comes in as uh, one of the reserve players. We did speak about that last time. And um, look, there were concerns. It's it's only the one over he's bowled in the warm-up game against Australia. Thrilling victory for India, by the way. Uh, as little as the game meant itself, it was. It was played in, in a very sort of training ground-like mentality, wasn't it? But important over for Shami, three wickets for him, four in the over for India, and uh, he did the job that was asked of him at the death, despite not having bowled in the rest of the innings as well. So uh, he's he's proving the doubters wrong quite early, isn't he? Yeah, as I told you earlier, why do we need Bumrah Shami is here, obviously, in jest. <laughs> but yeah, I just obviously we shouldn't jump the gun because one over practice match. But, you know, just to defend 10 or 11 runs in the final over. Uh, and then that superb catch from Virat Kohli in the end. And, uh, and the three wickets which he took, uh, of course, the run out also. Um, at least that will give the Indian team a little bit of confidence that, you know, they can, they have been terrible at defending targets. So a little bit of confidence, um, plus they are Australia. It was a full strength Australian team almost. So yeah, just hope that, you know, just they can, the bowling especially can get a little bit of momentum from here and just go forward. Yeah, so, I mean, just in case, look, I, I'm sure most people listening are across at least the scores India defending that 186 uh, that they made batting first. Um, but just to sort of talk you through Shami's wickets in case you haven't seen them. So a couple of sneering Yorkers, which is what we all want to see in the final over of the innings uh, from all of India's bowlers who bowl in that role at the death. Um, so a couple of brilliant Yorkers, uh, clean bowling 
the batters on those occasions. And that catch from Virat Kohli as well, it was a sort of Yorker that was just slightly not in the slot, almost almost in the slot for the batter, really. Um, or, you know, batters batting deep in the crease. It was almost Yorker length. Managed to cream it over towards long on and uh, Kohli with uh, a one-handed effort just uh, jumping up off the ground. And uh, it's one of those that looks spectacular, was spectacular. And then the run out in that over as well. So ball was hammered back to Shami. Shami turns round, uh, direct hit at the non-striker's end. And uh, there you go, India 4-4 four in four to finish off the game as a team. And um, yeah, it's, it is a warm-up match, but it was good to see those Yorkers in at least those couple of deliveries, those wickets. And and just the fact that he was going to the Yorker more often than not, um, I think is a good sign as well. Look, the, the concern that we had for Shami coming into this side is his economy rate overall in T20 internationals. He's only played the 17 matches, which is, you know, it's, it's not that many when you consider he's played 82 ODIs, he's played 60 test matches as well. He's not really been the man who's who's been in favour that often in T20 internationals. So there is that. And his economy rate is very high, 9.54 across his 17 matches as well. He's just the 18 wickets. So, you know, standard, you know, almost a wicket a game as far as that is concerned. Is that, or were we right to be concerned about that? Because where he bowls in T20 internationals is in the power play, and at the death. So, I mean, you look at it just off the face of it and you compare him with maybe, I know, Hoshal Patel or something who's more sort of comes into the game in the middle overs when the field is spread and, you know, the batters are looking just to build a little bit more often than not. Were we a little bit harsh just to look at that and, and think, well, he's, he's a bit expensive or, or do you understand that given the times that he bowls in? Um... I think it's decent that you, obviously we are a little concerned about India's overall death bowling. And even though he's been selected, I somehow don't think that uh, Shami is the death bowler that India were looking for. Um, just before we get into a little more about uh, Shami and uh, all that he brings and doesn't bring to the table, uh, I just came across this one quote which David very recently said that, you know, we've been clear about the squad that we wanted. 15 players who've play, played decent amount of cricket in the past. So, Shami obviously hasn't played a single T20I since the World Cup last year. Uh, and his quote, again, just proves that Shami wasn't even in the plans till probably, you know, the Asia Cup where India just had the Toro show and probably they were a little uh, worried about the fitness levels also of Bumrah. So, they just then got him back and, uh, yeah, just uh, included him in the team. So, uh, the fact that Indian team didn't have Shami in the plans shows that, you know, um, the role like which is at the death because they have the new ball bowlers. There's Bhuvi, even Chahir can chip in. The main issue was death bowling. Obviously, there's Arshdeep now, but, you know, just to have an extra option. So, uh, they weren't really considering him in either of that role. And in the death bowling role, which you know, says a lot. And the fact that they've got him now almost just like a desperate attempt to just get experience in the side. And also, um, 
yeah this ipl he had a wonderful ipl we say he's not played a t20i but he's played uh, t20 matches he played the whole season for gujarat he was very successful picked up 20 wickets had had an economy of around 8 which is his best in terms of wickets and in terms of average over all the years uh, most importantly in the power play he had a strike rate of 6.62 which is phenomenal again proving that he is an excellent uh, bowler up front but at the death it just increases like his economy was 10.85 so again you know india have got him as the death bowler is he really the answer to india's death bowling troubles i'm not very sure he he just bowled 14 overs in the death compared to 40 overs in the power play so again is he the death bowler but if he's not the death bowler then who is your death bowler i don't see harshal making the cut if shami plays uh so yeah what is the three seam seamers that you would go in with for so, the game against pakistan well it's a good question um in terms of the death look we're not asking somebody to to necessarily bowl two overs he just needs to bowl one over doesn't he he needs to bowl either the 19th or maybe the 20th depending on if you're batting first or batting second if you're defending then usually that 19th over is the most crucial because then you want to leave enough for your you know not your number one death bowler i suppose to defend in the 20th over so arshdeep would be bowling generally if if india were bowling first for example Ashdeep would then be bowling your 18th and your 20th and Shami your 19th um which I think can work um but then yeah you you do get into some difficulty because then you don't want him having to bowl two at the death and and you don't want to bowl Ashdeep too early as well so that that combination kind of becomes a bit tricky towards the end um if you're having Ashdeep bowling the 19th then he can only bowl the 17th and then somebody else has to come in for the 18th which could prove a problem and and whether that is shammy and he bowls the 18th and 20th um we don't know um shammy will play i think in in that first match just because they want the experience like we said um arshdeep has to play because he's the only other death option and then i think they'll go with buvi um as as the third frontline seamer just because of what he offers with the new ball and and if you have got those death overs kind of covered with uh, shammy albeit not you know ideal death bowler but good enough um you'd hope and ashdeep then then buvi can bowl up top maybe three and then one in the middle and then you've got the the spin to come in the in there as well and hardik pandya so I think shammy will play and and the fact that he's had that over is 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 good for his confidence as well I think going into the um into the World Cup proper as well that first game against Pakistan um hopefully he'll he'll carry on um in India's second warm up game as well um and and we'll wait and see but yeah I th- I think he definitely plays I having seen him as well would be inclined to play him just because of the the options that are there and and there's not much better choice is there really Yeah and also the fact that you know Shami is kind of bring some pace into the attack because all our all the others are you know medium pacers so at least there is some kind of you know someone who can bowl in the 140s again Umran Malik 
should have been there but yeah that's that's hopefully for the next time also with Arsh, uh, harshal patel i think we like could have probably spoken about this in the episode where we spoke a bit about him standalone episode uh we missed you know the fact that uh, we spoke about his ipl records but the fact that he got most of his wickets on a little sluggish uh, like you know those pitches in chennai and in the uae i think that that's a major reason that you know he was successful there and this year um, when the ipl shifted to mumbai he wasn't as successful um last year like last year in, in mumbai like if you just compare the stats in chennai he did much better than he did in mumbai so uh, you know that's also a major factor which i think you know like pitches somehow uh, he does better if the pitches are a little slow and you know the chennai kind of pitches or the ones in uae so uh, yeah probably you know playing in australia won't really suit his strength like what we've seen in the past so i would also go in with the same um, pace attack which you mentioned shami hardik as the all-rounder and bhuvi and arshdeep obviously absolutely just before we carry on and and discuss the the rest of the warm up match i suppose against uh, australia um we're going to take a short break here and uh, we'll be back on the other side to discuss that in more detail You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994dm by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast we speak cricket so sara the, the over from shami winning it for india in the end um but with the bat you know once again contributions from the whole top order i mean there was a, a situation early on wasn't there where kale rahul was on about 42 or something and and rohit sharma had not yet scored i know he farmed a lot of the strike during that time as well um but 57 from 33 again from rahul against a, a very good attack from australia start cummins uh you know richardson maxwell they they had all the big guns out in they really and um he delivered once more yeah but about surya kumar yadav i know uh, he's got 50 and 33 balls today yep. um I was just looking like I just came across this one tweet where there's a video of him just before his dismissal he's like marne ka mood nahi ho raha hai which you know means uh, I'm not in the mood to hit you know from coming from someone who's scored 50 and 33 with a strike rate of 151 that's just you know hilarious like you've already done it's quite sluggish yeah. from him isn't it and the very next it's ball it's like a little net session yeah. and the very next ball he was dismissed uh, yeah go- going back to rahul it's so encouraging to see you know the way he's been playing off late and i just hope he can carry it forward also when he is batting this way he's such a you know treat to watch so i hope he can carry this obviously carry this form forward in the world cup absolutely yeah and look everyone got a knock as well hardik pandya was 
the only failure really, two from five. Um, we don't read too much into that. He's been hitting it pretty well of late. Uh, DK got a nice little knock as well, 20 from 14. Uh, Akshar and uh, Ashwin as well coming in at the end. Um, I suppose looking at the bowling combinations as well, that is going to be another battle, isn't it? Is it going to be Jahel? Is it going to be Ashwin? Is it going to be Akshar? Is it going to be two out of the three playing? What what would you go with in that first match against Pakistan, just given the way that they've been bowling of late, the way they perform on, on certain types of pitches, in certain conditions? I suppose the experience of somebody like an Ashwin, despite how many left-handers a side might have playing... Who would you go with? I would go in with Akshar. I mean, Akshar, Akshar didn't bowl. I think Akshar will still play because obviously he's, you know, that number seven batter. Uh, but if it's a toss-up between... Didn't bowl today, though. Didn't bowl today. Probably they were testing Ashwin and Chehel and they knew that, okay, Akshar is uh, a must there and, you know, just trying out who amongst Ashwin and Chehel can be the better option. Chehel went for 9.3 runs and over. Ashwin went for 7 runs and over. So that could be factored in. Uh, Pakistan generally struggle against off-spinners, even though they don't have a lot of right, uh, like left-handers, but they struggle against off-spinners. So um, the favour, um, like I would favour Ashwin there, obviously because of his defensive bowling also. A lot of people don't like that in their team. They want wicket takers. But somehow I'm tilted towards Ashwin. Um, and by the way, what happens now? Is it, uh, you know, with, with Pakistan having sort of beaten India in a World Cup game for the very first time, albeit T20, so they've still not won in an ODI World Cup. But after what happened last time, what, what happens to all the TV ads and stuff? Is is that Does that still carry on over there? Do they do they, that mocha mocha is surely yeah, gone, the, right? Yeah, that mocha mocha has yeah. stopped. Uh, it's no more. Yeah, there's this very nice ad of. Uh, it's a very surprising ad, uh, surprisingly nice ad. You know, with, with Virat Kohli there, and they're talking about you know how it's been a long wait since the World Cup, and uh, there's another ad promo for India Pakistan where. Uh, you know, they're just reliving that Pakistan match and they are so disheartened. And one kid is like, please, you know, win and help us forget the memories of the last encounter. So it's a subtle and a more subdued ad this time. So it's more about revenge this like, time, isn't it, than, than anything else? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah because, you know, that ad, it, I think it first came about, was it 2015 World Cup? Yeah, because I was out there in Australia covering that one. And um, I remember just seeing it all over YouTube and and everywhere. And and there were several versions of it. And, you know, it was was just brilliant. I I just, the fireworks and it was just so well thought out, but it carried on and it carried on. And the Pakistanis got more and more annoyed as the years ticked over. And yeah, it's, it's no more. I remember during the 2017 Champions Trophy, I think that's when, you know, Star just lost it. It was mm. a little disrespectful to 2017 Champions Trophy, ironically, oh, not ironically, coincidentally was on uh, Father's Day. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there was this ad where, you know, Bap, like India is your dad, you know, in world events and all that. And then uh, Pakistan, you know, just... Uh, 
went on and defeated India. So reminds me of when Star coped a lot. Yeah, it yeah. reminds me of when uh, Sehwag had a, a run-in with Shoaib Akhtar, and um, yeah. eventually just basically said that Sachin's your, has, your back. <laughs> but Shoaib Akhtar has denied that. He said that nothing. Yeah, like that was well, he would, say wouldn't he? Him, he so. would. If if you were like you know. 150 160 mile an hour bowler and um somebody had just dissed you like that then you'd probably deny it wouldn't you it's not a good look uh for a quick bowler we'll, we won't take uh <laughs> look cricketers can can sort of make things sound a lot more sexy than they were um as they happen on the field and often with time as well these stories you know they add a few little things just to make it sound funnier or better or whatever but if uh, I'm going to take one of those guys' words, it's, it's probably going to be Sewag. Sewag's a funny guy. It's not out of character for him to say stuff like that. It doesn't get wound up too much on the field. Um, usually just whistling away, whistling his Bollywood tunes and stuff and just taking it easy out there. Um, so, you know, never really gets in, in a scrap with anyone, but I I reckon he probably said that. And anyway, such in the way he played that, that hook for six off show, which prompted that supposed comment, um, he just proving that that basically he was his bap anyway on that occasion. So, um, so that that was all good. But yeah, lot, lots of look. There's there's lots of banter like just that that we've mentioned there. There's there's so much hype. There's so much tension, um, and it's it's good to see. Look, India's batting has has been clicking for quite some time. That was what came undone ultimately against Pakistan last time. Yeah, it was 152 without loss, whatever. But when you're only scoring 150 in those conditions like they were, they were at least 20, 30 short if Barbara and Rizwan had to go harder earlier on. Um, it could have been a different story. They would have taken more risks. They would have had to take more risks. And India, you know, in turn could have had more wickets, could have been a closer game. Um, so ultimately it was the batting, those two early wickets uh, and, and great bowling from Shaheen. Uh, to peg us back early on, which really caused that defeat. And whatever Kohli could do in the end wasn't good enough, despite that half century. But it's good to see the batting at least consistent, isn't it? Since then, it's been really consistent. I suppose the only issue is that Shaheen's back now. And, you know, he'll play if he's fit, if he if he doesn't get any kind of recurrence of, of any of the injuries that he's had of recent times. And that's a bit of a an unknown because they didn't come up against him in the Asia Cup as well. Is sh- should they be concerned about Shaheen or is it just look, see ball, hit ball? Yeah, um, obviously they should be concerned. Uh, just let me dig up one stat on Rohit versus left-handers. Um, I think Rohit has just well, don't dig up the one on Kohli versus left-arm seam because that that is who he scores and, and averages the least against across all white ball cricket as well. So, you know, Kohli doesn't enjoy the left arm seam. Um, and if you're going to, you're going to tell me Rohit is in that camp too, as well, that, that doesn't bode well. Obviously Rohit, one of those two wickets that Shaheen got in the last world cup as well. So, um, yeah, we, we won't, we won't pay too much heed to, to stats, but Tell us if you must. Yep. So the stat is Rohit has been dismissed 14 times by left-arm pacers in T20I power play overs alone. 
which you know is a very uh, scary stat for an indian just in the power play overs alone he's been dismissed 14 times uh or 19 overall but you know it's a real threat and as much as you know you want to uh, deny it and overlook it but the threat is real and the fact that you know shaheen is back and uh, obviously the scars of last world cups still remain because no one expected that to happen uh but yeah so it's a real fear and i just hope that um, yeah i i don't know how Look, he, he, going to you know he saw but, out yeah. he, he at least um well, he didn't face too many deliveries early on today but um Mitchell Stark didn't get him out In, in the practice match so that's that's a positive <laughs> at least um but look shaheen is in the absence of bumra he is the best fast bowler in the tournament isn't he if if he's fit and if he's bowling at anywhere near his best he's he's the biggest threat to any team really so yeah that the threat is real anyway despite anyone's sort of failures against left arm seam um, but it is look it's 14 times and uh You know, Roy Sharma in the power play overs yeah, alone. Yeah, but 19 overall, right? Yeah. So 14 in the power play. Yeah. But how many left armers would he have faced in his 134 innings? So did you know 120 innings where where he wasn't? Let's take the positives. 120 innings where he hasn't been dismissed by left arm pacers in the power play, and and most teams And have Indian a left fan- arm pacer. Yeah, an Indian fan just can't remain positive now after all the setbacks in ICC events. It's somehow you know what will go wrong now. So it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? My hopes are yeah, yeah. My hopes are at an all-time low now because I, I'm just no, no hoping because I've been disappointed enough by the women's team, men's team. The women's so. team got some glory as well as we'll discuss it in a few moments' time. as well but look what whatever happens we'll have more build up for you throughout the rest of the week as well so do stay tuned for that um we'll have a, a, a sort of generic look at india's side and and some of the players in in more depth uh in the middle of this week and then at the end of the week we will be looking ahead to india versus pakistan and have a full preview for you the best preview that you will be able to listen to right here on India on 99.94. We're going to take a short break now and on the other side we'll be looking at the Women's Asia Cup triumph. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994dm. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So they did it Sara India's women lifting a trophy for the first time since uh, the retirements of both Mithali Raj and Julan Goswami as well. They've they've been with these two. They've they've won Asia Cups with these two previously of course. They've been to world finals. with those two as well and and haven't quite got over the line this seems like an important moment it's a seventh title they've only not won one asia cup they were runners up last time against bangladesh apart from that they they've won every single time there's a massive gulf in the quality overall between india and the rest of the asian side so they they were bound to win it they were favorites to win it but it just shows to me that this side this young 
Indian side. It's it's a big moment for them. New leadership, new talent coming through as well. I think this is going to be important for them just for that belief of of winning a major title without the experience like I've just mentioned. Yeah, and um, if you count the positives, you know, the biggest positive not only in this Asia Cup but over last few uh, months has been Renuka Singh. She's, she's just been brilliant. Uh, even in the final, she ended with um, three, four, five, which is, you know, phenomenal. Uh, and uh, yeah, Renuka Singh has uh, a T20I average um of 19, economy of 5, ODI average of 14, economy of 4.6. Obviously, it's early days, but uh, we've spoken about, you know, the possible replacements for Chulan Goswami. And, you know, to just see her coming up and performing well across conditions, across different teams, so soon after Chulan Goswami's uh, retirement is a positive step because... Uh, like is a big positive because India have struggled with pacers. Like they've been, uh, they've relied more on their uh, spinners. So, yeah, the emergence of Renuka, I think, is the biggest positive. So, what were the biggest positives for you from the Asia Cup? Well, there's there's obviously her leading that fast bowling attack as well. Smithy's form continued. Um, I suppose the biggest positive was that despite losing. To Pakistan, despite Harman Preet Kaur messing around with experiments and stuff, I suppose at least some of the players did get that exposure. So that's a positive. They got the exposure to those pressure situations. See that she rested herself for a couple of games as well, which was interesting. Smithy got to lead, so that's another great thing that she got to captain at a tournament uh, in pressure situations as well. And and Dipti Sharma just just keeps doing it, doesn't she? Player of the tournament. Um, kind of goes under the radar a little bit when you talk about the Smithies and the Herman Preets and the Renugas and and all the rest of them, the, the Jamimas and, you know, all these star names. Dipti Sharma, she's more than just a, a run-out machine, isn't she? She's a brilliant all-rounder and she's proving it once again, opening the bowling, taking wickets, keeping it tight, useful middle-order runs as always. Just a brilliant cricketer to have in any side. And, you know, just uh, a day before uh, the final of the Asia Cup, there was this whole incident with Mitchell Stark and he was like, uh, the whole run out thing again came up and he tried to, for those who don't know, he tried to, uh, he warned Josh Butler for backing up early and then while walking back to his run up, he said, I'm not Dipti, but I can do it, you know. He got a lot of flack for it, uh, kind of, you know, showing that, you know, I'm not, I don't know what, what he meant by that. Probably, you know, I'm not as unsporting as her. I'm trying to warn you here or whatever it meant. But he got a lot of flag for that. And just one day afterwards, uh, Dipti Sharma came and, you know, um, brilliant effort in the final and... Uh, she ended the Asia Cup with a, a player of the series award, had a bowling average of seven, had a batting strike rate of 132 through the tournament, picked up 13 wickets. So, you know, the world is still talking about that run out, but she's coming again and showing that she is so much more than just that run out. And yeah, maybe, maybe just, I, yeah. I saw your tweet and, and he should be more like Dipti. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just just a shame that that people sort of decide almost by themselves 
that they are sort of the guardians of the spirit of the game, whatever that means these days, and, and their morals are so much higher than what Dipti Sharma did. And it's become a bit of a cultural war, hasn't it? And and even those words, just sort of mentioning culture, seems to offend people. But it's mainly England fans, and I know it was against England that this happened, that Dipti run out of Charlie Dean. Um, and England thought they were in with a chance of pulling off a dramatic victory. It was at Lords as well, which I think made a massive difference. If it was at Grace Road or, you know, <laughs> some outground somewhere, Tunbridge Wells or where, you know, it, it, the moral thing might not have quite come into it as much. I love Lords and I also hate Lords in the same way because they suck all the fun out of everything. There's so much tradition. They they still think it's it's the home of cricket in terms of that's what it's known as and the traditions and all that, but it's not really the home of cricket. You know, the cricket moved to Dubai, didn't it? The ICC moved to Dubai many years ago, and that's that's the home of cricket. They control cricket. They control world cricket now. Is The control isn't with the MCC and the at Lords and the ICC. It doesn't have their meetings there anymore. Um, it just just annoys me that whole stuffy nature of it i love it as well yeah. because of the history and it's a fantastic ground and you know it's it, there's a great aura when you go there but then the fact that you go and you you go to a match there you look around everyone's in chinos and shirts and you know there's no color there's no atmosphere mm. the atmosphere is rubbish always is apart from maybe when the women play which is very rare it was 2017 world cup final it was the the final game of the series this time around in the ODIs between India and England. So, you know, apart from when the women play, the atmosphere is rubbish. Um, so, yeah, there's a kind of love-hate thing with me and a lot of people with with Lords, and I think that had something to do with it as well. But look, at the end of the day, she's been brilliant. She'll continue to be Just brilliant. Just a quick question. Um, I didn't ask this last time. I probably should have. You know what, in England, amongst your colleagues, what was the uh, overall like reaction to this run out because a lot of uh, journalists in England, they weren't in favor of it even. Uh, yeah. So what was the general, like, were they against it in favor of it? I'd say most were, there, there were some who were trying to be objective as a journalist should be. Um, but with social media these days, um, it's difficult to be. I mean, look, even, People like myself, you know, I, I can be accused of not being objective because I was in favour of it, but that's just simply because it's in the rules and it's part of the laws of the game and it is what it is. And by the way, anyone listening who thought, oh, it was moved from the unfair section of the law book to now runouts, the reason it was in the unfair section wasn't because it's an unfair dismissal, it's because it's unfair for the batter to leave their crease early. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's why it was in the unfair section. Exactly. So just yeah. to get that straight as well. Um, but look, the, the general consensus, I don't know if you saw Sky Sport, you were getting the world feed coverage and Dominic Cork was on there. Mm. And yeah. yeah, he got a lot of stick for what he was saying. And, you know, Lydia Greenway, who I've worked with numerous times, she wasn't in favour of it. She's obviously a former England player, World Cup winner. So, you know, a bit more sympathy with the side, I suppose, from a player's point of view. Um, you know, overall, I'd say most journalists were, were coming out and talking about the unsporting nature, which wasn't very helpful. There were some who were staying on the fence. There was Daniel Norcross 
our colleague here on England on 99.94, my colleague at the BBC and at SEN as well, and, and just an all-round good bloke. Uh, he was on commentary on TMS at the time, and he was very, very straight with it. He said, look, it's an anticlimax, which it was, because, you know, it was heading towards a, a great finish, and and it didn't end that way, and the crowd went quiet, and all that kind of stuff. There were boos. It wasn't that thrilling finish that we expected, but... He'd like to see the rules change so that if you are stealing ground, you should perhaps be penalised a run every time and the third umpire should be mm. checking that every ball and, you know, just bringing different things into it just to make it a more simple thing. And then it wouldn't be such a mm. controversial thing if somebody was run out in that manner. So he was very objective about it, as he always is with with many things. And, and there, there, were, there were a couple like that as well. Izzy Westbury was, I think she found it quite funny. You've mentioned Izzy on this podcast before as well, uh, writer, broadcaster uh, from the UK as well. Um, she's always good fun. And um, yeah, she she just found it quite funny and, and thought it was great <laughs> that it happened at Lords. Um, so that was quite tongue in cheek. But yeah, look, the general reaction from from England, especially from fans, I was getting texts from, you know, friends who are England cricket supporters who just hated that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just replied with, well, you shouldn't be trying to nick ground as well. And, and one one question, yeah. one question before like we wrap up. Would you have the same reaction if that happened to an Indian? Like, I would have would the same like, reaction because, yeah. as I mentioned before, I did it when I was playing junior cricket, and I did warn in the first instance, but only because I I was told that it was in the laws of the game that I had to warn. Yeah, but it wasn't, was it? It was just the in the spirit of the game. So I used to always warn. Well, not always, it's not like I used to do it every week, but I probably did it three or four times in my career. And I wasn't really a, you know, I was a batter who bowled a bit. Um, so I wasn't bowling necessarily every game, particularly as I got older. But look, I did it. And if I could do it, then I've got nothing yeah. to say, have I? So um, even though I was warning in the first instance as well, and, and they just kept doing it. So yeah, look, if it happened against India, whoever, if it was a World Cup final, and it happened against India. Don't get out of your crease until the ball's been bowled, or if it's a fast bowler, you know, until just before it's been bowled, until you're sure that they're not going to stop and try and run you out. You got to be aware of these things, and you know, it's mm. it's just one of those things. But anyway, Dipti Sharma, we we shall try not to talk about runouts every time we we talk about you. Um, look, she was brilliant, deserved player of the tournament in the Asia Cup, and well done to India's women on that seventh triumph. So. Uh, off to the WBBL, go uh, the likes of Jemmy and, and one or two others. And and uh, looking ahead to the T20 World Cup as well next year, it's, it's good signs for India. So uh, we, we wish the women well. We'll continue to talk about them as the IPL approaches and we get more details about the women's IPL as well. But as I say, for the rest of the week, we're going to be focusing on the men's T20 World Cup. It's underway. India ticking down to that game against Pakistan. And we've got you covered here on India on at 99.94. So do stay tuned, subscribe. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram 
I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.